0: And how to register. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul Podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week, and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. One of the things in my recovery that I am so grateful for is learning to think about me, I, instead of always about we and us. And that's been a big change for me. And I think that when I look around at a lot of the pain and suffering that happens, especially with women, is that we tend to take on everybody else's stuff and we want to fix and help everybody else's stuff. And to change the pronoun that you use of answering questions, we are doing okay, we are having struggles or problems to I is a major shift in focus. And the truth is, all we have control of is ourselves. And yet, it's really common and easy for us to start to connect ourselves to everything around us. And that work of really turning it back to ourselves to the me to what am I feeling what am I going to do about it how can I change my perspective I think I've mentioned before that when I was early in recovery I was working with another sober friend and she used to say if I'm not the solution there is no problem Well, in early recovery, that was a really hard one to hear. If I'm not the solution, there is no problem. Oh, my gosh. I went to counseling with my husband in hopes that the counselor would point out to my husband all the things that he could be doing differently and that I would be validated for my frustration on my side. And I look back now and I just think, wow, that was there there's some truth in how we react with each other i'm not saying that my husband was a saint and that i was just seeing it wrong i'm just saying that i was 100 percent sure that he was the problem and i was the if i got it the way i wanted it that would be the solution but this friend pointed out this other way if i'm not the solution there is no problem and so much of my time that i look at with suffering and with unhappiness came from this place of they're the problem not me and I can't change everything we can't make anything be different so maybe my solution if I'm the solution is really being able to let it go to be able to detach to be able to not get involved to see it as being not my issue to fix. I was thinking the other day about how part of me wonders if my heart is cold because I have so much emotion and feeling, but I also have this separation that I never felt before. And then I realized that I've been working really hard on the work of detachment. And this detachment allows us to let go of that obsession that like just that grind that we have to try to control someone else's behavior, to try to make somebody else do what we think they need to do to save them from their own suffering from what we see as being a problem. And it is really, really hard to watch people that you love have a hard time. I was thinking once about how my son, my oldest son came to me and was really upset because I had made a decision that I was going to stop paying bills for him and trying to save him. And He um, was in a place in his life where we had to kick him out of where he was because he was making choices that that were detrimental to the family. And so he lived in his car for a little bit. And that was so hard to do, so hard to do. And yet he found someplace else to be. And that was the beginning of a creation of a life for himself that is entirely different now. And if I really think about it, maybe that time of him being in his car, I think if you were to ask him now versus that time when he came to me, when he was upset, he might have a different reaction to it. Truth is, I don't know. Maybe I'll ask him, maybe we'll do a podcast with my older son and we can ask him some of those questions. That change from the we that we that I have to be part of we for everything to be okay has been a major piece of my healing and I know that I've talked about it before but it's one of those one of those topics that you really can't talk about too much because it is such an aspect of how we all live our lives and the enmeshment that we have with each other even into politics that we are one side or, or sports, we are another side. Don Miguel Ruiz, Jr. Don Miguel wrote the book, the four agreements. His son wrote a book on the five levels of attachment. And we studied that book at my spiritual center, the lowest level of attachment being that you really don't care. Like, let's say, I think he used soccer as the example don't care about soccer truth is i'm a level one with soccer don't know anything about soccer don't have any attachment to it whatsoever level five being the people who in maybe in europe who are so attached to their soccer team that they wouldn't even begin to be friends with somebody who wasn't one on their soccer team that they would hate somebody who has another soccer team And those levels of attachment can be really complicated and difficult for us because we don't even realize that a level five attachment is not healthy for us. And so many of us have level five attachments to our family, to our kids, to our spouses, to our exes, to our aunts, to our uncles, to our grandparents, that level five attachment of I have to that this this is a hundred percent everything that I think about. And the truth is, a medium attachment is probably the healthiest place to be. You don't want to be so detached that you don't have any feelings about it, but you don't want to be swung to the other side where you can't wake up in the morning if things are not going the way we think they should. So as I move more into the I pronoun, How am I feeling today? What do I need to do for my spiritual growth? What do I need to do to be the best that I can be in the world? How do I take care of myself? These are new concepts. And for some people, they are concepts that are going to be really hard to get. I have a really, really special um, couple in my life. And um, he had a heart attack years ago. This is, this is quite a long time ago. And I, I remember watching his wife when people would ask him how he was doing. And her response always was, we are doing this. We've had this experience. We've been to the doctor. We've been this, we've been that. And no judgment at all about that experience, because the truth is, if you have your spouse have an accident like that, it's so easy to jump into the we part. But I just remember that. I remember how how that struck me as as it is as if as if it had happened to her. And I've looked at my own life and thought, how can I make sure that what's happening around me, whether it's world, political, Sports, family, whatever it is, when it is not me, how can I be at that healthy level of attachment where I can recognize that that is outside of me? And then take a look at maybe how those feelings are affecting me. That if I have somebody who's sick in my life, I might be scared to lose them. I'm afraid. I'm worried. I'm feeling powerless and when I can work on those feelings for myself it gives me more strength to be able to be present for the other person in a way that is healthier. I versus we and yet having connection with people having connection with family having connection with the community is the greatest gift. It's not that I want to give up that gift in the detachment. I want that I want to be loved. I want to be able to be with my family and laugh and have a good time. And I want to be able to connect with my husband and my kids and my coworkers in a way that I can be genuinely authentic. But I'm going to continue doing this work of being able to recognize when I am starting to take on the emotions take on the fear, take on the feeling that I am responsible for anything other than me. I talked about before the detachment in the Al-Anon program. And I love what it has to say. It says, we are not to suffer because of the actions or reactions of other people not to allow ourselves to be used or abused by others in the interest of another's recovery. That could just be their life, not to do for others what they could do for themselves, not to manipulate situations. So others will eat, go to bed, get up, pay bills, not use or beha- behave, as we see fit, not to cover up for another's mistakes or misdeeds, not to create a crisis and not to prevent a crisis if it's the natural course of events. I have a whole episode that's on more about detachment. But I, I think of this so often because I do feel that I have made that transition. And I will be honest and say that it is much easier to make that transition with my kids having moved to California. So that I'm not every day seeing what what's going on with them but i've had to work really hard as well to make sure that i am in a spiritual place where i'm i'm letting go of the need to know what's going on with them and just trusting that what is happening for them is their natural course of their life to not prevent a crisis if it's the natural course of events that is the hardest go back to me instead of we practice there is and I think about how if someone had come to me earlier well there is the story of my husband and I going to a therapist a long time ago back before my kids and telling us we were alcoholics and we just thought she was full of it full of crap and just didn't go back like who does she think she is like what if we'd listened to that all those years ago instead of not going up and down with drinking and alcoholism for another 20 years. But the more I work on the me, the more I think I can't be we and be healthy and be happy. I can be we in the sense of a collective us, but I can't be we in the sense that I answer the questions for somebody else that if somebody asks how my husband is, I jump in and answer for him how we are doing. And as a matter of fact, I have observed myself more and more with how I used to want to jump in and tell his stories or finish his sentences. And I've worked really hard to be a better listener and to not do that. And if it's his story, that is the he. He can tell his story and I can observe and listen. And the more that we've done that, the stronger our union is. I believe the stronger my relationship with my kids are. I believe it's the stronger relationship that I have with my coworkers that I can separate myself in a healthy, detached way and see myself so that I can be the solution if I see a problem. And the solution so often just comes with my change of attitude, my change of perspective. So I hope that as I continue to do this journey, I can stay in that middle ground where I'm in a healthy space, not so detached that I'm aloof and uncaring and not so attached that I can't separate myself but in the healthy boundary place where my heart is open and I can actually be okay when someone else isn't okay. And I can recognize when the solution to the problem is my change in myself, my perspective, my observation, my reaction, my response. I versus we. Give it a give it a listen see how you maybe are out in the world and how you answer to things and if that is a piece of yourself that you didn't even recognize i know i didn't until i started doing this work thanks for listening today namaste are you wondering how do i go deeper on my path to soul recovery or how do i support this great podcast well here's how here's your call to action if you're ready for real interchange, and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. Recover your souls on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect, and there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. There is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world. And your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul.